I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to In the Red. You, me, whoever's listening. I'm just believing that there's a lot of people listening that are here today to talk with you and I about attitudes. Yeah, I know you saw that. But first, you know, we got to get through the... uh, the little things at the beginning that we always talk about, the follow, download, review. Please, 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 if this is your first time, I encourage you, you can wait till you get to the end of this, and hopefully it's something that feeds you, hopefully it's something that connects with you where you're at, and something that you say, wow, I need to hear that. If so, I encourage you to do three things for me. First, follow. It's easy. It's a click of a button. Just follow, and it's going to let you know when there's new episodes, which are weekly, uh, of our podcast that jump up on your uh, app wherever you listen to it and it's going to help you remember to jump on here and share some time with us the second is download and i know most of us don't download if we just don't see a need for it we can listen to it we have cellular data that just allows us wherever we're at to listen to it but there's something that happens when you download it puts a number somewhere in somebody's pocket that says hey this is an important podcast People are downloading it. People are enjoying this. Maybe we should highlight it. Maybe we should let some people know where this thing sets. So I encourage you to download. You can download it and then the undownloaded, erase it, whatever it is. I don't know, but you can download it and then click it again and it will take it off your download. But it puts a number somewhere. The last one is a review. This is important. There are people who search these apps left and right and find a niche and say, hey, I wonder if this is good, and they'll actually look at the reviews, what you say. I know when I buy anything from anywhere nowadays, I'm looking to see what the customer reviews are, see who's used it, see who's tapped into it, see who said, wow, this thing changed my life. And I encourage you, if this podcast has helped you in any way, or maybe it hasn't, maybe it's it stinks and you didn't find anything good about it, go ahead and leave that too, because then I'll know where I can begin to shift and make some changes. Um, eh, probably not. But at least we'll know who this connects with and who this doesn't. And that's the purpose. If you've spent any amount of time with me, whether it be on this podcast in person, you know that I love the power of conversation and I love to help bring things to people's lives. And I hope I love to uh, obtain things from people. I love perspective. I love to sit and talk with people and share and listen. And I think that's what this is about. I'm just sharing with you the things that I've learned through the years, the wisdom that I have. And today, I want to take some time to talk about the word attitude. Hopefully, I used the right bait with the title and, and pulled you in today. What's, what is up with the attitude? Like, have you ever said that? Or maybe you've never said it, right? Maybe you're the one that it gets said to. I know I say this with my middle child sometimes. God bless her. I love her to death, but she can have a bit of an attitude. 
And I look back over my life and maybe I had my moments of attitude too. I had the opportunity to share with our middle school today that's attached here to our church. Yep. If this is your first time, yes, I am a pastor. Don't let that push you away though. Just give me, give me some, uh, give me a little rope to hang myself. Just hang with me for a little bit and let me connect with you. So I got to go over and speak to our middle schoolers. I get to do this uh, once a month and lead their Bible class. And going in today, I had a mindset of what I wanted to talk about, and we'll share a little bit of that. But the teacher said that they'd been talking about attitudes, good and bad. And this really took us off kind of on a tangent, but I love these moments where you go off a little bit of the the beaten path, the trail that you thought you wanted to go on. And suddenly you arrive back at this place. You're like, oh, this completely validates what I was going to talk about. So I opened the floor with them to ask them about what they knew about attitudes, to give me some examples of attitudes. And as many of us would, a lot of the attitudes were just bad ones. Like everybody can recognize a bad attitude, right? You know what I'm talking about. You got that person at work every day they walk in. Just how did you arrive here? What happened so bad from the moment you opened your eyes till now that this is it? Just wow. You are just a curmudgeon, like everything is going wrong. I can't imagine what your morning looks like for you to be in such a bad attitude. So as we begin to talk about these attitudes and, you know, in middle schoolers, it's the bad hair day or whatever it is, uh, a bully, things along these lines where these attitudes can develop. And I decided to look up the word attitude, and I want to share this definition with you because we need to be aware. There's a couple I want to see because I think the first definition is one that really jumps out and one we've probably assigned to this word. A mental position with regard to a factor state or a feeling or emotion toward a factor state. See, this is where I think a lot of us get stuck in our attitudes is we identify as a feeling or an emotion, something that changes. And that may be true very early on. Like you can just have a bad attitude in the morning. Like something really could have happened to you that develops a moment with a bad attitude. But there's too many people that have had moments of bad attitudes that have slowly or maybe quickly developed into a lifestyle of bad attitudes. And I think this goes to the second definition I want to share. And one we need to be very aware of. It says, a bodily state of readiness. You don't get to a state of readiness without some training, without some practice. Okay. 21 years in the Navy, we didn't get to a state of readiness without practicing and preparing for what was coming. So this is when that feeling of emotion begins to shift and change, begins to come a little bit more foundational into who you are. And it's not just a morning of bad attitude. It's a lifetime of bad attitude. A bodily state of readiness to respond in a characteristic way to a stimulus. So a stimulus is something that uh, generates a response, okay? And that can be anything. A stimulus can be an object, a concept, or situation. So it's not a certain one stimulus, but what this attitude concept is talking about is positioning us as a way of response to whatever this changing thing is. And this is where like, you can have a bad attitude, and it doesn't matter what happens to you. I have seen people who have had good things happen to them, and they will find a way 
to justify a bad attitude in the midst of something good. Well, uh, yeah, I know this. I got this, but there's probably uh, an expiration date on it. Uh, I'm probably expecting something in response. Um, it's probably less than what they're saying it is. It, it's never going to be as good as they say. It, it's it's probably a lie anyway, so I don't even want it. So many times your bad attitude will just reject some of the best things. I find so many people who are just negative in life that always think nothing's good's going to happen to them. If, if they could just like zoom out a little bit to their life, they would realize how many good things they've passed by, left behind, or just merely closed the door, walked away from because of a negative attitude. Like they just rejected it, could not see it and missed a moment. And then there's other attitudes that I want to address because I think that one you have to understand it's to get over a negative attitude. The only way to get through that is to begin to see the good in things. This is hard, right? If you're not used to seeing this, you got these blinders on that says the world's a negative place, negative, negative. Blah, blah. Every time I turn the news and all this stuff and you're just a negative Nancy, like, sorry, if you're a Nancy out there, whatever it is, but just a broken, ugly attitude. The only way to get over that, you have to begin to be very intentional about seeing good. You got to go outside and it could be the nastiest, rainiest day. And you really got to stop and see that one flower and say, you know what? Without this rain, without this nasty weather, that flower would never have grown. Like it, you really got to be intentional. You got to stretch yourself to begin to overcome for what for many of us has just become commonplace, an identity founded in brokenness. That's the first thing, the negative attitude. You got you to gotta overcome it. The second attitude I want to approach and, and talk to is the have to attitude. Now, we think we've heard some, well, I have to do this. And if you're a dad, or you're a husband, or you're a mom, or you're a, a wife, and you hear, well, I, I have to go get my kids from school. Well, that's probably a good thing, right? Like, okay, yeah, you need to, because if you don't, somebody else will, or nobody else will, and that could be even worse, I guess. But it all comes with the tense, like the, the verbiage that's used. Like, you can tell it in somebody's voice, yeah, I'd love to do that, but I have to go get my kids from school. Like then it's a complete shift, right? It's now it's a burden. Now it's an attitude. Uh, of I'm waiting on everybody around me. Like, I have to do all this, right? So, woe is me. I would love to do all these things. See, even in that moment, you can take something that's good and make it bad. And I think for a lot of people, I just preached this on Sunday here in our church. And I said, the difference uh, between, I believe, the church really stepping up and being a positive light to the world around us is the moment that the things we do according to our Christian journey, our walk, according to what the Bible says, is when they stop becoming have-tos and they start becoming get-tos. Like, think about it from this perspective. I, I was I came out of a very many of us did. If you were saved in the 80s, 90s, raised in church, 80s, 90s, there was a really fear-based movement that moved through society and through the church that when people would come in, like it was hellfire and brimstone and you have to do this, this, and, this, and you come in with a list of have-tos and it really developed a mindset within the church of a have-to. 
And we constantly are trying to do all these things. Well, I have to do this, this, and this to go to heaven. And um, depending on what you did before you came into church, you may have a very long list of things you have to do. And then you spend every day stuck in this mindset of have to, have to, have to. And you never get to walk in the freedom of I get to. So then what develops oftentimes is based on the teaching we received, based on the church we went to, your have to looks different than my have to. Because theologically, religiously, we have these understandings of the things we have to do. And then we encounter somebody who's different than us. It says, no, you have to do this. And we're like, no, I was told I have to do this. So now in this, it really becomes a have to. And because we never understand why we get to. Grace is a big part of this, right? If we don't understand the concept of grace, then we don't understand the true forgiveness that we've been given. And it really shifts a mindset when we understand grace that we, wow, I get to do this. Like, I could not wake up this morning, but I get to. So now everything I do today, I get to do because I have a breath in my chest, beating my lungs, as Morgan often says. But then it shifts like I was raised and many of you are the same way. And I hear this all the time. You better be in church. Like if you weren't in church and you were out the grocery store the following week, the one person you didn't want to see is somebody from church. Why? Because they were going to make you feel as bad as possible. Even without trying to, their attitude was, you have to be in church. Why weren't you in church? I don't care what you were doing. Were you out just lollygag? Oh, you're out at the lake. Oh, my gosh. You're one step away from going hell. One foot out the door. You should have been there. And it becomes this have to, have to, have to. And guess what? That gets overwhelmingly just uh, negative, negative. And when life is going bad, and here's the hard part about it, church, is when life is going bad, everything around, they could be going to church, going to church every Sunday, and life is falling around, and they see the people who aren't going to church, whose lives look no different, guess what they're going to do? They're probably not going to come to church anymore. Because they never came because they get to. They never came because of what it gave them. They came because they had to. Because they were worried about what somebody else was going to think. They were worried that they were going to lose their salvation if they weren't in the door every time it was open. And I still can't find this in the Bible where it says that. I know we like to think that. I know it makes us feel some kind of way, some kind of protection. But it's not necessarily true. You can go to church and not get out of it what you're supposed to. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together of the brethren. Okay, then we got to be in church every time. It's not what it says. It says, don't forsake the gathering together. What is that gathering together? It's to uplift, to exhort, to grow you, to challenge you. Not to have another feel-good moment. Not to walk in and get a sermon that just makes you feel good again, or it it expounds on all this scripture that doesn't really help you uh, having a practical approach at life around you. You walk out like, wow, I got all this wisdom, but I don't know what to do with it. It doesn't help me in any way, but I have to be here because somebody told me I have to be here. But I'm telling you right now, you do need to be in a church. 
you do need to be gathered with people. There's a movement going around right now that says you don't need to be in a church service, that you don't need to be around church people, that you don't need to have a pastor. You can just do whatever you want to do. If you read the Bible and you pray, you're good. But that's not true either. Because suddenly we go from a have to attitude, we just completely bypass the get to attitude, and we might get to an attitude. Because if we surround ourselves by people who put all of it on the back burner, do it when you have a moment, we have a very lackadaisical attitude about this. And what I'm telling you, this is important. It's so important that I want to let you know today that I get to do that. I get to not do the things that everybody else around me does. Even the things I get to do, I have to really hone in and say, when do I do it? Yeah, I get to watch a football game. I get to hang out with friends. I get to do all these things. But sometimes there may be something else more pressing. And if ministry, if I'm a pastor that's constantly, uh, I'd love to be, I'd much rather be doing this, but I have to go talk to this person or I have to get ready for church tomorrow. Or I have, uh. Not only does this speak to the people around me that watch me and observe me, why would I want to go to church if even the pastor, the one who's called that we see, who's called to do it, has to do it? Why would I want to go because I have to do it? It's such a negative mindset. As the life and the worlds around us changes and stimuluses shift and change, do we really have a posture? Do we really, as that definition said, a bodily state of readiness to respond in a characteristic way? What is our characteristic way? Well, I dad daily to my flesh, and I'm I'm gonna be one of the least of these, and I'm just uh, just always going to be in this place where I just humbly submit all of it. No, um, we're Eeyore the Christians. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I submit that you will never live in abundance and a freedom if you constantly have to. Remember when you were a kid? And your parents had to wake you up every morning because you had to go to school. What happens when you get to be an adult? And now all of a sudden your parents aren't there to make you get up because you have to. Because you have to go to school. I guarantee you'll go through job. Through jobs and and through another job. Because suddenly you didn't have to get up. You haven't developed up a mindset of I get to get up and I get to go to work so I can make money, so I can live my life. Have to won't get you there anymore. Or you'll ho-hum it in. You won't do a good enough job. Eventually, you'll just be so beat down by life. Like, oh, yeah, I had to work this the whole life. And I had to do this. And you're such, we go right back to the very first attitude. Negative, negative, negative. What am I challenging on you today? I really want you to take notice of the things. You know what? You'll never get to live this Christian life until you understand why you live it. You'll never get to do or not do the things you do until you understand the why behind them. 
well, I don't do this, this, and this, Pastor, because that's what somebody told me along the way. Yeah, why? If this isn't real to you, if you're only doing it because somebody told you to, if you're only doing it because somebody made you feel bad along the way, if somebody said this is how it is and you never investigated it for yourself, you'll constantly be living a life of have to. Your attitude will always be one of that child who only does what their parents say because they don't know any better. Because they haven't developed a get-to mindset. I encourage you. If you're still in that mindset of I have to do this and this and this to go to heaven. There is a freedom of walking in to get to. Because the moment you spend less time having to. Is the moment you begin to make a difference in the world around you. Say I don't have to do those things anymore. It just becomes a part of who I am. Why? Because it's positioning me in a bodily position to be ready for any stimulus that comes my way. Yeah, there's things that I get to do. There's some things I probably shouldn't do, even though I I could do it. I get to do it. Why? Because it affects my bodily position and my availability to respond. You can have a bad attitude today. I don't think there's a sin against it. But guess what? It will affect your readiness, your position to respond to things around you. I encourage you today. Take notice. Change the attitude. Shift it from I have to to I get to. Take notice of the negative side of things and really invest in a positive mindset. These are just the beginnings of being a difference maker in the world around you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Let's go.